For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to another brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast. I am, of course, as always, your host, Chris Bees. My guest today is a man I'm very, very, very excited to talk to. One of my favorite wrestlers growing up as a kid, watching WWF during the Attitude Era. He was an iconic member of two iconic factions during that period. One of the most over-characters, over-wrestlers, popular, well-loved in probably the company's history, as far as I'm concerned. He's, of course, the one and only Mr. Charles Wright. The Godfather, Charles. Thank you so much for joining me. How how are things on your side of the world? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Things are good, brother. Things are really good for me. I'm living the dream. <laughs> how are things <laughs> like now, now that we're on the way back out of COVID? Are things sort of back to normal for you guys now? I don't know if things will ever be back to normal, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, I'm back on the road doing my thing. I, I leave tomorrow. Um, I've had all my shots and. You know, we we hope for the best. Uh, I caught COVID once in, back in April. Didn't affect me too hard. I, it didn't put me down. But uh, thankfully, I haven't uh, had any problems since then. Yeah, man, that's good news. Good that you bounced back. I had no idea that you had it. Um, right, so I know you're a very busy man. I'm not going to keep you for too long, so I'm just going to get right into it. One of the first things I want to ask about, as I said at the start there, you were a, a member of two iconic factions, Nation of Domination and Right to Censor during the Attitude Era. Nation of Domination was a really big part of my childhood growing up during that period. Um, obviously, it was something that we weren't really used to seeing at, at that stage, like the early to mid-90s. You were obviously a big deal in terms of wrestling, but culturally as well. You guys were, were you know, making waves for strong, powerful black men on TV in a prominent position. As I say, we didn't really see much of that at the time. Did you guys have any idea how important the faction was, not just for wrestling but you know just in general you know when we were doing it we were just having fun uh we really aren't militants we're really not like that uh <laughs> when they put us together it was it was you know just a group of guys doing our thing of course we took care of one another uh we watched each other's back we tried to help everybody we even tried to help Ahmed Johnson you know but uh <laughs> he's the only, he's the only one that didn't want to listen but no, I had I, I had no idea that The Rock was going to become as big as he became out of that. And uh, I, I had no idea the significance, the importance of that group until later on in life, because we were just doing our thing and having fun. Yeah. I was going to ask about The Rock, actually. Like, what was he like to work with as a younger man? Because he came off good guy. He was arrogant, you know, but maybe that was just his character. Actually, this is what I, really good guy. Um, I always say that if anybody was going to have that type of success, it couldn't have happened to a better guy. He's a really solid person. Um, he was great to work with. <laughs> he kicked me. He had to get out of the car with me. But other than that, uh, you know, great, great guy. Great guy. What was what was your like, dynamic like as a group like backstage? Because obviously you had yourself and Ron, who was sort of like the old school guys, and then you had D'Lo and Rock. Like, what, what, what were they like just personally to hang out with and to – to go on the road with and share journeys with? Um, 
those guys didn't really hang out. I, I hung out with more, me and Undertaker, we had a group called BSK. And uh, we kind of hung out together. So I, I didn't really hang out with those guys at nighttime. Uh, Rock and D'Lo and Mark Henry, they were a little younger. They kind of did their thing. Ron Simmons did his, I, I hung out a little bit with Ron, but Ron didn't like, we hung out in strip clubs. And, that, and those guys didn't really like the strip clubs. And so uh, during the day, you know, uh, just good guys. We had no problems. We had no issues. After the nation, I started riding. Well, actually, when The Rock told me one day that he couldn't ride with me no more, uh, <laughs> uh, I jumped in with Ron and John, the acolytes. And so, you know, I, 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 we spent a lot, I spent a lot of time with those guys. Why, was it that he, why did he say he couldn't ride with you anymore? Well, I, I smoke a lot of cannabis and always have. And uh, I've never hidden, I've never hidden that fact. And it was it was nice to be on TV letting people know. And uh, of course, I would I would get in the car. And the first thing I would do is I'd spark up a joint. And so The Rock would do a lot of he had to do a lot of uh, interviews and you know appearances like that. And he'd show up and they're like, Rock, we didn't know you smoke weed. And he goes, He'd say, I don't smoke. He say, I don't smoke weed. They say. You know what? You said that last time we seen you, but every time we see you, you smell like weed. And so he's like, Godfather, I can't, I can't ride with you tomorrow. He goes, you have no problem hiding it. People accept it with you. He said, so I'm like, that's when him, D'Lo and Mark Henry started riding together. And then I jumped in with Ron. But, you know, I thought it was funny because, you know, I wasn't going to stop smoking. So but at that point, at that point, the, the group was really established and we were at the point where we we're starting to break off on our own ways anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. Um, love that you were like a bad influence on a younger, <laughs> younger rock. Um, I'm a bad influence on a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you feel about the changes? Not to like the core group, but then as, as the time went on, you had guys like Owen Hart and Crush were brought into the group, weren't they? And obviously the dynamic of it being these four or five strong black men, started to change a little bit with, with the, the, the white guys coming in. So was was that a shock? Did you guys know that was going to happen? I know Bruce Pritchard spoke recently about that, and he he never thought that the group was about race. It wasn't about race. Uh, it, it, it was just, it ended up being four or five black guys, but it wasn't about race. The original nation only had one or two got black guys in it. That's when Crush was in it. Crush was never in it when I was in it. I, to this day, and I love Owen Hart to death, God rest his soul, I still don't know how Owen ended up in the nation. It was never explained to us, and we didn't really care because we all liked Owen, and we just went with it. So, it, it, when we it it became more of an all black thing later on, like now. But when we were doing it, it was just the nation of domination. You yeah. know, we weren't we weren't trying to you know. Well, Ron had his thing, but you know, we never took it that way. We never took it that way, and we didn't. We were we weren't in the back of the locker room like that, and uh, you know. Yeah. It, it yeah, was, it was, it's... Let's um let's talk about your other faction. Um, I think the faction that you're you weren't quite as happy in, were you? As the good father in right to censor, sort of like took away the fun of the Godfather that everybody had come to know and love. And obviously that was the, the whole idea behind right to censor, but how how did you feel in, in that faction? Such a big departure from you. It seemed like they took away the real man behind the character. If it was up to Vince, I would still be out there doing my thing. Vince used to just walk down the hall saying, pimp it ain't easy, pimp it ain't easy. And I'd say, you know what? You know that, Vince, because you're the biggest pimp there is. But it, um, Vince fought for me forever. But that 
report that became private or public. Uh, he was answering to a lot of people. They were transitioning to the PG era. They were not only me, they were after Val Venus. They were after the puppies, suck it. They were after everything. They were cleaning it up. So Vince fought for me as long as he could. And it got to the point with me that I couldn't be on Saturday mornings. I couldn't be on Sunday mornings. I couldn't be on until after nine o'clock. I couldn't say, I couldn't say roll the fatty. I couldn't call the girls hoes. It, it got so crazy that Vince came to me. He goes, Hey, he goes, let's poke fun at this group that we're messing with. And so it literally went like this. He called, I, I got called into the office and he said, Godfather, or he goes, Charles, change your plans. He goes, we're going to put you in the RTC and you're going to have a match and you're going to lose. And you're going to end up in the right to see right to censor. We're going to call you good father. I'm like, so I don't, I don't have hose no more. And he said something else. I was like, so you're telling me I don't have my hose no more and I can't. And so um, for me, wrestling was always fun. Wrestling was always my second job, not my first. I've always owned a strip club in Las Vegas. Okay. And so I had money coming in. I mean, I made good money in the WWE, WWF, but that's not why I was there. I was there to have fun. And back then, everybody was big, crazy, set of a guns. There was no internet. There was no social media. So we were allowed to get out there at night and have a lot of fun. So it was fun for me. When it was not fun for me, I would leave. And that's why you see me leave and coming back, because I would leave, and they'd call me, that you want to come back? And i say, no. And they'd like, I'm like, bitch, you know the deal. I'm, I'm looking at naked women every day. I'm making money the hell I want to come on the road, get hit with cheers, go through tables. And then Taker would call me or somebody would call me and they'd get me to come back. But that's why you'd see me come and go. It was about fun for me. So when they put me in as the good father, it wasn't fun no more. So right away, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm out of here. And I think Taker or somebody went to Vince and said, I'm getting ready to leave. And uh, all of a sudden they dropped the belts on us, me and Bull. Yeah. So out of loyalty, uh, you know, I'm not going to run out. I'm on the belt. So as soon as they got those belts off of us, then I, I finished up because I literally I wasn't having fun. And it was all about fun to me. And I hated that character because I was the godfather, which is the godfather and myself are the same person. Everything, you, believe me, we are the same. It's one. <laughs> you think Ric Flair lives, is a, lives a gimmick? Boy, I'm even more than that. And still am more than that. And so it was just hard and it wasn't fun. And I did the best I could, but no, I was, I, and it, it made me, I like to be this happy, nice, joyful person. And there's a, there's an alter ego named bear and he's not a nice person. He's not a bully, but he's got a, he's really mean. And that's, that's the part that I tried to keep out. And during that Godfather part, you can see it in some of the me putting Victoria through a table and some things I did, I wasn't in a good place. So uh, that, that, that's when I finished up. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned you mentioned in there about um, being tag champ with Ball, and I know obviously you were intercontinental champion just the one time as well. Um, right. Taking out all of your your appearances that you've made over the years, when you come back for the night or or whatever, or for the Royal Rumble, you were in WWE I think for about ten or eleven years all, all together. But you only have oh yeah two titles in, in, in 11 years isn't very many, especially for a character that was so over, so well-loved, always got such a huge reaction. Were you ever disappointed looking back at, at how little gold you held? Or was it just... That, I could, I, bro, I could care less about how much gold I had. It's a work anyway, okay? If yeah. it was real, I'd have more. 
I, I was there to have fun and make money. I, I did not care about titles. If I went, and there's a lot of people been that long, didn't win any titles. Okay. I, that does not matter to me. I could care less about that. Um, no, I was there to have fun and make some money, whatever they wanted to do. When they put the belt on me as the godfather, the belt didn't mean anything. The belt was just something that the girls carried. I had the hose. And so that's why they took it off of me so quick because the belt really, it wasn't about the belt was just something the girls carried. And so they wanted to get it off of me as quick as possible. But no, man, I had no, uh, no, no animosity whatsoever. I'm very happy with my career, made him a lot of money. And, uh, you know, to this day, I mean, people are still talking about what's it like since Papa Shango, it's over 30 years. And people are still talking about me and the warrior. And people are still talking about the nation. And people are, to this day, the Godfather is more over now than he was back then. So, I mean, to be part of such big things, no, man, I'm happy with my career. And, you know, Vince has been, to this day, I'm still under contract with him, too. But Vince has been so cool with me. Vince is, is to the, he's always been up front and straight with me and cool with me. And he's always paid me what he said he was going to pay me. So I, I, I'm cool with the whole situation, bro. How does that how does that relationship with Vince work? Is it literally just a case of he'll call you up, say we want you to come back for the night? Are you always happy to come back and make those appearances? Um, no, they call me all the time and I tell them no. Oh, because wow, I'm not I'm not well, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna go out there and be clowned. And a lot of things when you come back, you get clowned. I'm like I'm no trillionaire, but I'm financially I'm okay. So I don't need to come back just for that type of stuff. Um, they don't call me as much anymore to do things on TV because it's more PG now. And when I show up, the crowd will start saying, we want hoes. We want, where's the hoes? And so they don't really want to bring that out. Uh, I do a lot of network stuff. I do uh, a lot of signings for them. I sign a lot of cards. They they, uh, they keep me in their video games. They, they really keep me relevant. And that's cool with me. Yeah, and you're on- Plus, I don't, wanna, I, don't, I don't wanna wrestle. I'm. I'm 60 years old, bro. I'm too old to be wrestling out there. And I don't need to. So I'm cool with it. <laughs> I was going to say, I really enjoyed when you came back and did um, Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold as well. It's nice seeing you in those sort of situations rather than, you know, I get what you mean. You, you don't want little kids asking their parents, oh, daddy, what's a hoe? What's a hoe? You know? Yeah. It's awkward. I've got kids and I don't want to have to explain that's my like daddy or Pippin ain't easy or any of that stuff. It was <laughs> it was good for the attitude there. It was good for the time, but you would never yeah. get away with that today. No, no absolutely not. Um, you mentioned the Undertaker in there a couple of times, and I've always been curious because I remember reading. Wasn't it? Wasn't it the Undertaker who actually helped you to get into WWF in the first place? So were you guys friends before WWF? How did that? How did that come about? Um, I don't know if he helped me get in there or not. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've, I've been friends with Mark since 1987, 88, which is way before that. I met him in Memphis, Tennessee, when we were both wrestling. We were a tag team back then called Death Express. And uh, we became really good friends. And to this day, he's not even my friend, man. He's my bro. And uh, I just talked to him a couple of days ago. We're going on a shooting thing uh, in a couple of weeks. And uh, he's just, he's my really good friend. As of him getting me in there, I don't know. I think I could have got in there anyway. Um, they were they were already talking to me. I'm sure being his best friend didn't ha uh, hurt things. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but uh, I don't think that's the main reason that I got in. Yeah, good. No, good. That's good to hear. It's nice to, it's nice to see that um, 
wrestlers maintain friendships because you don't hear about that very often. You you you're on the road so often, you see so many people coming and going. It's nice to to hear that. And obviously, you came back for his um for his retirement ceremony at Survivor right. Series as his friend. And without giving too much away, do you think that's genuine? Are we are we ever likely to see him again? You think he could ever be tempted to come back? I know, obviously, he doesn't need the money, but could he ever come back? Yeah, he, he definitely, he definitely don't need the money. Believe me, <laughs> um, I don't think you will. When he he called me and told me, he says, "Big dog." He calls me Bear or Big Dog. He's like Bear, man. He goes, "I'm done." He goes, "I'm done now. I'm finally done." And he's never called me and told me that. You know, he's told me I'm trying to get out of here, and Vince won't let me go. Our Vince keeps throwing big numbers at him to wrestle once a year. But I, I'm pretty sure he's done. I think physically he's done and mentally he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And like you said, he, he doesn't need the money. So I don't think you're going to see more than just appearances every now and then. But I don't think you're going to see him wrestle. Good. It's about time that he was allowed to just, like you say, rest and, you know, not be forced to come back out from, from loyalty to Vince. I think he's a right. big part of it. He's, he's so loyal. They care about each other so much. And it's always nice seeing the Undertaker, but then you just get so much negativity as well. And people saying he shouldn't be there, he should be resting. And I just think it would be better if we just remember him for his incredible career. Um, you, you mentioned earlier how you guys used to hang out back. You were best friends, Bone Street crew. And obviously at that sort of time, we obviously had another crew, the Click, who were sort of famous, pretty well known for using their, their influence backstage to maybe change results. I know there's been quite a few famous incidents of them changing results and, and having people removed from matches. But you guys you guys never really seemed to, to use your influence, even though you had The Undertaker, like the, the biggest legend of all time. But why was it that you guys just, just didn't? Because you could have, couldn't you, if you wanted to, really. You could have... Because we weren't... We, that's not what we were about. Okay, that's not what we were about. We were friends that hung out together. And that's what it was. We, You know, we all tried to help each other's careers, but we weren't yeah. trying to, you know, I, I'm friends with everybody in the clique. We had no problems with the clique, um, you know. Yeah. If, if it went down, I'm sure the BSK would have ran through the clique pretty easily. But we didn't have that problem, man. Uh, you know, they had their thing. We had ours. That, I, as far as I know, they didn't mess with us. You know, I don't think that they had any, you know. Uh, plus, we had Yokozuna. We had a lot of people in our group. Uh, but I had no animosity or anything towards them. Um they were them, they were them, we were us, you know? Yeah, yeah, just getting on with your own business. That's good, that's good. Uh, looking out for yourselves. Yeah. What, um, do you do you keep up with, with, with wrestling and what's happening in the wrestling world these days? Or are you too busy with your own personal life and running your strip club? Do you have any idea what's going on these days? I'm out of the strip club business. We sold it three years ago. Oh, right, okay. And so we, we sold the club three years ago, so I'm completely, you probably couldn't pay me to go to a strip club these days. Okay. <laughs> but what, what was the question? I forgot uh, the question. Do you, do you keep up to date with what's going on in the wrestling world now? Um, no, I don't. Uh, not I, I respect the business. I had a lot of good time in the business. The business paid me a lot of money. But uh, once I left it, I left it. I, ver I watch very little TV. I very... I'm so busy with everything I'm doing. I'm really involved in the cannabis business. I still do things in the wrestling business. I don't watch much TV, and it's not going to be wrestling. Um, what I have watched, you know, people always ask me about what I think about today's product and stuff. This is what I tell people hated on me. When I came in as Papa Shango, all these old school wrestlers hated on me. 
I was going to ruin wrestling. I was too much of a gimmick. It's not, you know. And so I'm not here to hate on anybody. The way wrestling is today, whatever it is, it's what people want. And, yeah. and wrestling changes with the times. So, you know, whatever they're doing, God bless them, man. I, I, I keep telling people I'm going to start watching, but I just, I never really have time to sit down and watch TV. And, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, I know that they have big crowds, so they got to be doing something right. And I'm just glad that there's more than one organization where you can go now and make yep. money. So good for the boys. If AEW is doing good, good for them. WWE, good. Impact, whatever else is out there, good for everybody. I just, I like to see the boys making money. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, like you haven't even got the time. There's too much. Even if you were to sit down and watch TV, there's so much content now. Even just, if you just watch WWE, it's like, nine hours i think eight or nine hours a week five or six from aew unless you're really dedicated like even i i i probably watch about 25 percent of what's on tv because you can get it from so many other places you can get it from the network from youtube from twitter you know i think people's viewing habits have changed but wwe are still making billions of dollars so like you say there you go hey vince is vince is no dummy vince is no dummy no, that whole family. So, you know, like I said, I respect the business. I love the business. Made a lot of good friends in the business, but I'm out of it. I'm out of it. Now it's smoke trade. It's no longer the whole trade. And uh, that's actually my brand. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just, thank God, I'm just really busy. I, 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 I'm I, on the road probably three days, usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I come home Sunday. Um, I do pod, I do uh, the Be Real podcast once a week. But I have to go to LA and do that. I have my cannabis business that I'm into. I, I'm really, really busy, which is a good thing. Absolutely busy, busy man. And um, I, I want to bring the mood down a little bit. I know you're a very like easygoing and fun guy. You always want to have a laugh, but I, I want to bring it down just a little bit because I um I had Jimmy Corderas, legendary referee, on the show yes. a few weeks ago. And we, we briefly touched upon Owen Hart. Obviously, you, you you mentioned his name earlier. And when I hear the name Owen Hart, it brings me so much happiness that I got to just watch. Such an incredible wrestler. Obviously, he was taken away far, far, far too young in a horrible moment that's still hard to watch and still hard to talk about now. Um, but obviously, you you were due to, to compete against Owen that night, weren't you? Which I think a lot of people yes. forget. We remember what happened, or, or at least what we were told happened. I, uh, I, I never seen what happened. I never seen it. Uh, he was to come out first and then I was going to come out with the girls. So on his entrance, I was, I would always be hyping up the girls. Okay. This and that, if you fall, don't worry about it. I'll do this. And just, you know, and then I don't know who it was. I, I, don't, I think it might've been Bruce Pritchard or somebody was sitting at the gorilla. I don't remember, but I just remember them saying, Owen fell. And I'm like, Owen fell. They said, Owen just fell. And I'm like, what do you mean? Owen fell. And then everything unfolded. And then uh, I didn't see him until they rolled him through the curtain. And it, it, it's just, it, it's, I don't even like to, to think about it. Great guy. Uh, I hung out with him all day that day. Uh, we were talking about the match. He practiced whatever he was doing. Um, you know, just, it, just it, it's, it's a shame that the world lost such a great talent, such a great person. Dude, let me tell you, Owen was one. Of, I mean, everybody knows about his ribs and all that stuff. But Owen was one of the most decent people. I never seen Owen drink. Owen, I tell you what, Owen never hung out with me. <laughs> but I mean, when I went to, I, I was in when I went to Japan for the first time. Owen showed me how to get around. 
He showed me how to order food, get to the gym. Okay. When I went to Germany, it was for seven months. Owen showed me how to get to the, to, to the gym and order food and, you know, some of the lingo. Just a great guy, man. Just a, a, a you know, great guy. And, and the world's, it's, it's a shame he's gone. Yeah, that's all you ever hear, isn't it? I've never, ever heard a bad word. No, you won't. No enemies. Nobody hated him. He just sounded like Tommy. It's such a shame. I only got to watch him wrestle for for probably about eight or nine years, maybe 10 years. So I I didn't even get to see his his best, his best matches, but I've gone back and watched them. Great wrestler. Great, great talent, man. It's, It's a shame. Great talent. People always ask me, did Owen ever rib me? And that's the one I tell him. If Owen ever ribbed me, I never knew he did. That's how good he was. <laughs> um, right, let's bring bring the mood back up. Like I said, Owen Hart, let's remember him for how amazing he was. Let's bring the mood back up. Um, one thing I'm always, I always really enjoy reading about, they come up every now and then, is wrestlers caught. And I've always <laughs> read these stories, and I've never known if it's like a genuine real thing or not. It seems real, but then I think surely, surely these guys don't actually gather around like a courtroom like how how did that come what was the first thing that happened that made you guys bring in the wrestlers court wrestling court was there way before i got there okay i don't know how long before i got there but i got there wrestling court it was like a courtroom situation Uh, none of the office people were allowed in just the boys and then if you had a problem with another wrestler instead of taking care of in the ring and somebody getting hurt or somebody losing money You'd take him to court and we, it, it would be a TV and it would be a time and we'd have a room and none of the office would be there. Undertaker was the judge. At first I was the bailiff, but I just got I, half the time. I didn't show up to, you know, so I think Bradshaw took it over after me. And uh, you would either represent yourself or you would have somebody represent you and you would, whoever brought you to court would give his side. You would give your side. Taker would make the judgment, and then the bailiff would have to make sure that, I mean, the payoff would be you'd have to pay for a week's worth of hotels. You might have to pay for some rented cars, and you might have to buy him a case of Jack Daniels, five cases of beer. But that, but after that, it was squashed. Whatever the issue was, it was squashed. Yeah. What was that? It was real. I don't think they do it anymore, and I think no. they haven't done it for a while. But it was uh, it was a cool thing to be fair. It was, it was, but it was – it was legit, man. It was like a court situation, gavel and all. But it sounds fun. It sounds it sounds like it was just a bit of fun and everybody nobody took it too seriously. It was a good way to squash beefs without somebody getting hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the, if, if you can even remember or pick out a best, what was the, the craziest thing or the most ridiculous thing that you guys went to court for? Were you ever, were you ever in court yourself? Were you ever? I, I took D'Lo Brown to court one time, but it never made it to court. D'Lo, D'Lo settled out of court. I, I don't remember all the things. I, 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 it's a long time ago, bro. I don't remember all the things. I, I took D'Lo Brown to court because we, Chicago was his hometown. And so he's like, Hey, big dog, don't worry about it. Because I would not, I, I've always smoked cannabis but I would not travel with it. I would not get on a plane with it because I didn't want to embarrass the WWE or F at the time. So I never traveled with it. I would get it when I got to the town and you'd get it from this person, that person. It was, that wasn't a problem. So Dio tells me, big dog, don't worry about it. I got you covered when you're in Chicago. My boys are going to give you the finest 
great buds you could ever find. So don't worry about it. So we pull into, we get there late and stuff. We get to our rooms like at 10 o'clock at night and Delo shows up with this. I, I can't even, I don't even think it was marijuana. I don't know what it was. It looked like weeds. <laughs> and I'm like, Delo, are you joking me? And he's like, well, my guy didn't come through. So this is all I could find. In the meantime, I've told all my connections, Dog, don't worry about it. Delo's got me covered. So I took him to court for misrepresentation of the word chronic and giving me that swaggy, boofy crap that he gave me. And just before it went to court, we settled out of court, me and D'Lo, because he, he knew Taker would, just the fact that he did that to me, he knew Taker was going to come down hard on him. So we settled out of court. It was mostly little little squabbles in the ring. Something happened in a bar. Something happened, you know, you know it was just things that it was better to take care of that way or if somebody kicks, you know, then take care of it in the ring. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I love hearing little stories like that, little fun stories. You forget about the fun side of wrestling or the backstage. You hear about right. so much politics, you forget that the guys are just friends and just hanging out and shooting the shit and just having fun. It's, it's, it, it's was, it was more like that. Back, when I was there, when I was there, it was it was more of a family. Now, you might not like everybody and you might not get along with everybody, but if there was a fight in a bar and I didn't like you, I would still jump in and help you. Through social media and likes and followers, that's kind of went away. And it's not a family anymore. It's a business, which is it's fine, but it's a business. It's not even wrestling anymore. It's a business. And that's why uh, I really don't want to go when they ask me to go to these things because it's no fun. And, and I'm not hurting for money, so I'm not going to go there just for it's just not fun. And you're in a room and you can't talk to nobody. You can't go here and everybody's afraid to say something. And it's just like, why am I here? So um, it, it, to me, like I said, I can do all this because I always had strip clubs. And, you know, there's good money in those places. So I, I could afford the right to be like, that way. But uh, like I, it, was for, it was fun for me. Yeah. And like you say, I think you hear so many stories now of, of wrestlers who leave, especially WWE. And they say, tell your stories like they weren't allowed to say the word wrestler or wrestling because it's not that. And that's not why they got into it. They wanted to be wrestlers, not entertainers, not athletes. Right. So it, it, it does feel like it's changed a lot just over the last few years. Um, right. I want to I'm going to wrap things up because I know you're a busy man. I don't want to keep you too long. Thank you so much for joining me. First of all, it's been an absolute pleasure. As I said, one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, never thought I'd get the opportunity to speak to you. So this has been incredible for me. Um but I wanna I wanna end with the same question that I always ask all of my guests, but I like to tailor it to them a little bit. So I always ask I always ask what my guests' personal Mount Rushmore's are, but I like to tailor it to something that's meaningful to them. You were a part of two iconic factions, as I said, right to censor for maybe for the wrong reasons, but also nation of domination for the right reasons. So if you were asked to put four factions on a Mount Rushmore of greatest factions of all time, who would you put on there? Are we saying just WWE or, or what? All, all wrestling, just wrestling in general. Oh man. Um, <laughs> before, before, I would go back to the four horsemen. Yeah. Uh, DX. Uh, I'm going to put the nation in there because, uh, yeah. and, uh, and I need one more and, uh, well, I don't even know. <laughs> one more. Um, huh? Too many, too many good ones. There's so many, yeah. I mean, I'm, once we stop, I'm going to come up. But let's just start with that. I, I can, you know. 
Uh, let's throw in Evolution. They were a pretty big deal. They were an important one. I was, I, I was, I was out of there by then, so I'm not really familiar with them. I'm, I couldn't even tell you who was in the Evolution. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but once I left wrestling, yeah. see, people, just real quick, what people don't know about me is I was never a wrestling fan. I was, I'm 60 years old, and I was, back in the day, roller derby was bigger than wrestling. And I was, from the, I'm from the Bay Area of California, San Francisco, and I'm telling you, roller derby in the 70s was much bigger than wrestling. And that's what I used to watch. I knew Rocky Johnson, Haystack Calhoun, Pat Patterson, Ray Stevens. I knew those names, but I much more followed wrestling. I mean, excuse me, roller derby. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a little bit similar to these days, isn't it? Like, a lot of people know The Rock. They know John Cena. They know Hulk Hogan without necessarily knowing wrestling. Those guys who transcended the business right. and Batista and people like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Quite similar to that, really. Um, Charles, See, all those guys like... Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry, no, no, no. Carry on, carry on. I'm just saying, most of the Batista... All those guys came in when I was gone. And I wasn't watching wrestling. I know who they are. But I, I really wasn't. I wasn't following their careers. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, no. I was no. too busy looking at them naked girls. <laughs> Living the dream. Living the dream. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, Charles, man, like I said, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me for a short chat. Before before I let you go, where can people find you? Like I know you you you're on social media, but where can they find you? Where can they find whatever you're up to and your website and your? Well, um, I'm going to show you this. If you're in California. I have my own strain of cannabis, and it's called Godfather, Insane Godfather, and that's with Be Real with Cypress Hill, and I'm in all the dispensaries in California, so I have my own strain. I have my own strain coming out here in Vegas really soon. Um, I'm really involved on Instagram. I am the Godfather, one word with the little blue check mark. I'm on there a lot, and I'm the WWE Godfather on Facebook, but I keep the WWE more wrestling and fun stuff. But my Instagram is what I'm really doing. <laughs> so if you really want to see what the Godfather's doing today, follow my Instagram. And absolutely, make sure you do that, guys. Godfather, Charles, thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for watching. You know where to find me. It's my wrestling podcast. It's all down here in the About section. I'll put in the links where you can find the Godfather as well. Thank you so much for watching, as usual. And until next time, guys, take care. Peace, everybody. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.